How did you get into being a hairstylist? <laughs> yeah, well, that's odd because, you know, um, I was in college and this, I went, to, I, you know, I was getting my hair cut every week at the time before going to college, but I, in college, I got my hair cut by um, a barbershop and it was a, it was a, um, it was an Asian woman who cut my hair and she really did a number on it, really jacked it up, you know, so, <laughs> you know, my, my girlfriend at the time uh, bought me some clippers down um, when she came to visit and some little $14 clippers from, you know, McCroy five and dime. I'm showing my age now. Right. Um, <laughs> and I just started cutting my own hair. And then like other people on campus was like, well, who's cutting your hair? You know, and I started cutting other people's hair, you know, and it just, it just took off from there. You know, I started cutting a whole, all of, all the people on campus, you know, became a big thing. Right. It became a big thing. And then we have known each other since high school. So right. you were at Maryland. I was at Howard. And um, now this is my version of the story. So you tell me if, if you remember it this way too. <laughs> and then you, you decided that you were going to actually start pursuing uh, cutting hair. And for, for mm -hmm. people who don't know, you were in school for engineering. Isn't that correct? Yep. I was in school for engineering. I was very bored with it. I loved it in the beginning, but I became very bored with it. And I really got excited about doing hair and making people uh, look better and create, you know, better looks on individuals. So I decided one summer um, on break to go to cosmetology school. And from that point, you know, I never looked back, you know, I just... Yes. You know, cosmetology school, then started competing around the uh, region, around the country, and then around the world. And then I just started getting all into hair full fledged. You know, I really loved it. Well, and, and you know, you know this, but my listeners, um, they don't know that I used to be a, a kind of long haired girl until I sat in your chair and I became a short haired girl and never went back. And you, were one <laughs> of the, you were one of the early guinea pigs, you know. <laughs> The big no. chop, the big chop guinea pig, but you know, we got through It was those. a big chop, but you know what? Okay, in all fairness, it was, it was a big chop. I went from like, what, just about below my shoulder to above my ear, right? Yep. And I remember it, everybody in the salon that day was like, oh my God, your hair is so cute. Do you remember, Bruce? Yeah, I do. And I, I do. burst out in tears. <laughs> Crying. I said, my homegirl is crying, you know? <laughs> I mean, weeping, and you were just like, shut up. You're going to make people think you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you got a beautiful face, it's hard to mess up somebody's hair. I got to be honest with you. And so Aww. you were you were easy target, I should say, you know. <laughs> well, thank you. And you know what? So let's talk about that. Over the years, you actually became known for your cuts. Like, people were traveling long and far to get to you because yeah. you are the master at a good haircut and there's nothing yeah. like if you never had a good haircut you don't know until you get one and then even yeah. when it's a bad hair day that hair still is hitting it falls in shape uh, the cut is everything i wish more black stylists would, would get more into cutting i was trained um under the vidal sassoon academy in santa monica california um, I did some training in London and in Canada on cutting. And then once once you once you get into that arena of cutting, you understand textures and more and better. You understand styles better, and you don't worry about actually styling the hair as much because you know your haircuts are going to last. And 
for for clients like you for say who know how to do their own hair you know what i mean like you've never slept on that like you know it, it's you you your your hair demands a good haircut you know yeah. because you got to be able to follow it at home and so it, it just means so much you know it's crucial but let's talk about transitioning because over the years you you've become more than just a hairstylist you are a master barber and you're also a salon owner right yes, yes. what what is that matriculation look like what does it look like what does oh, it mean to be a master barber and then moving into ownership yeah that's incredible you know i was a barber first that was like the first thing i did and then i went to cosmetology school and became a hairdresser and then um you know the transition was good it helped me understand hairdressing better by starting out as a barber and understand textures i learned learning how to use clippers versus shears um and then becoming a salon owner to me, um, it's just like going in business. It doesn't matter what business you're in. You underestimate what business is when you have employees, you know, because a lot of people fail to get knowledge on management and that's huge. It's just huge. And so that's where my biggest learning lesson was, you know, I had the skills, I had the art, but coming in and learning management on not just your everyday people now, these are artists. So it's a whole, it's a whole different, you know, scheme of things. And there's no book written on managing artists. There's, nobody's ever right. done that book, you know? So, but to be in business, my own business, um, 20 years as a salon owner, you know, I've gotten pretty good at understanding people's needs, what motivates yeah. them, you know? So that, that was, that was my biggest lesson. And, um, when I first started, I had a consultant that told me that my original staff will not be with me in six months, you know? Wow. So I started with the staff and I thought my staff was pretty damn great, you know? But in six months, she was right. They were all gone because what you understand in your first six months of business is you, you develop your culture, your business culture. And that was the biggest and hugest lesson that I learned, you know what I mean? How to um, develop people to go with the culture of your business. You know, how to, how to pick those folks as opposed to, you know, just picking talent, you know, cause you know, I can build the talent in most cases if you're a hard worker, but how do I get people to understand that, you know, working for me means you gotta be kind to the guests coming in. You gotta be a really hard worker. We'll do anything for them. You know, um, we have what's known as the mom treatment. Uh, and that's pretty much what customer service is for any business. Treat every customer as if they were your mother walking through the door. You know, and so we have that mom treatment mentality going on there. And that's what really keeps us solid and in business for the duration that we've been in business. What do you think the consultant saw at that time that you did not? Um, like what made she, the consultant say that? Well, as a consultant, I, I would I would hope as a consultant that you had actually been through this a few times, right? So she had, and she had worked with much huger salons than mine. like. Uh, you know, multi-million dollar salons, you know, and um, she really, really understood what it was that happens during that uh, first six month period. You know, I thought she was crazy. I thought I had a great staff, you know, um, but, and they are great people, but they just didn't fit, you know, what I was developing there. And she told me that I didn't even know in the beginning what I was going to develop. You know, it's just something that just has to come in time and you got to understand what you're worth and what's more important to you when you're servicing people.
That actually brings me to the next question. How have you developed or changed since then? I mean, in 20 years, I'm sure that your mentality about the business and, and expectations of it have, have grown. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's been a huge uphill climb because, you know, first of all, you know, you know, I was bringing in the most money. I was making the most money. So it, it had to be a point where you have to start spending more time developing other people. And I mean, that, that probably is the biggest learning lesson for, for the 20 years. The, the, the time and the amount of energy I had to put into making other people see the worth that you saw in them. You know, uh, a lot of youngsters between the age of uh, coming out of cosmetology school are between 19 and 25. And a lot of times they don't understand, you know, what they want in life, you know, and, you know, my job as, you know, boss or big brother or, you know, you know, positive figure is to just guide them in the right ways and understanding real life things, you know, health, mental wellness, saving money, um, increasing your knowledge on what you're doing, uh, skill set, always reading materials outside of the salon and help you gain the knowledge, you know, going to classes and stuff, making yourself better, you know, and um, that was, yeah. that was a huge, huge thing, you know, in those 20 years, you know, putting that much energy into other people because I hadn't done it up to that point, you know, but um, it, it's, it's so worth it as, as a business owner, you know, I've learned to do that, you know, developing team. And, and your excellence has shown up. Let me just share with people a little bit of what that looked like in the last 20 years. Your personal client list, right? Just your personal client list include people like Aretha Franklin, Mickey Howard, BB and CC Winans, uh, former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice, former Secretary of Labor Alexis Herman, presidential advisor Valerie Jarrett. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. And and then on top of all of that, you know, you've been featured in, in magazines like O Magazine, Vanity Fair, Wall Street Journal, um, you know, Black Enterprise. You have this thing down to a science. Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to leave a review or drop me a message with your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, follow me on all social media, and watch this episode on my YouTube channel. You can find me everywhere at I am Sherry Goodall. And if you like what you're hearing, donate in the Anchor FM app or through Patreon so that I can make more content like this for you. And until the next time, be bold and unapologetic. And always remember, I said what I said, and I meant it. You're listening to I Am Sherry Goodall, the podcast about starting a business as a midlife career woman, conversations with friends, reviews, ideas, and random thoughts. Now here's Sherry. Sherry.